Hey guys, and welcome back to the Pennies to Pounds podcast with your host Kay. And this is the podcast where we aim to dispel myths, simplify difficult financial jargon, and rectify your own personal problems. So today, I want to talk about something that's really close to my heart, really close to my heart. Um, if you have been seeing me on social media quite recently, I have been talking a lot about my car. I love my car with all my heart. My name is Kia. I drive a Kia car and I am proud. I love it. But it's kind of coming to the time where I need to, my car is up for, I need to renew my insurance. I need to, I'm thinking about my car and the more I talk about my car, the more, more people are joining in about the insurance, talking about leasing the car. A lot of people are trying to figure out what they're going to do with regards to their car. So I'm going to talk about cars in general today. Now, don't get twisted. I know, I know nothing about cars. If you showed me a car model and didn't tell me what it is, I would have no clue what it is, what it is unless it's a Kia. I'm telling you, I'm that bad. But today we're going to be talking about leasing versus outright purchases when it comes to cars. So everyone has their own opinions when it comes to this. I'm going to give you the kind of the basics and, and the facts about it. And then we'll go, we'll go ahead and talk about the pros and cons of both. So a lot of people are into leasing. A lot of people nowadays that I meet are into leasing. They want to lease their car because they want a new car. Um, they want to lease their car because they want the option to not have to be tied down with this asset. And then after when their lease expires, they're able to get a new car. Everyone has their own reasons for wanting to lease versus buying outright. Um, so we're going to go down. I'm going to talk about it. We're going to talk about car hire. So there are a few different types of ways to finance a car. So we're going to talk about PCH, personal contract hire first. This type of financing is the form where you never own the car. So there's a type of financing where you own it at the end after the, the period. And there's a form where you just lease it. And once the lease is up, you give the car back. So this is the form where you give it back at the end of it. Like any kind of financing for anything, you do have to pass a good credit check. And also make sure you have a good credit score to obviously ensure it doesn't fail. So you lit, you usually have to put that money up front for this. It's typically about three months worth of the lease. So however much it is monthly, you have to put down three months worth as like a deposit. And anything to do with the car in terms of like servicing or any kind of road tax is all included within your finances. But you have to pay for your own petrol. So that's not included. So if you need to, you know, get MOT'd, whatever it is that we covered within the financing amount that you're paying. But any the only thing you have to cover personally is your petrol. And obviously, whilst you're using it, you need to make sure that you save an agreed mileage. So for example, if you get a finance card and they say, right, cool, you've got this car and you're able to do 6,000 miles within the year. If you go over, that could incur either extra fees or even termination of the lease. So you need to kind of be careful when it comes to that and stick to whatever the agreement is to make sure you don't incur any extra fees. I mean, you need to make sure there's no damages to the car because obviously the car's not yours and you have to give it back. Otherwise, you will be liable for those damages. You will have to, to fix those damages. And like I said, once the lease is up, you give that back. Right, then there's the other form, which is PCP, personal contract purchase. So this is typically what people go for. People go for PCP because they want to pay off this, this lease and at the end, the car is theirs. So the PCP works just like the PCH, like just like the one I mentioned where you give it back, except that the car, you're able to basically buy the car once the lease is up. So again, a credit check is run to make sure that you are good for the money and a deposit is usually required. So whatever the vehicle costs, so if you're going to finance a vehicle that's, for example, let's say, I don't know, you're, you're going to finance a vehicle which is £5,000. You typically have to put down 10% of the vehicle value down as a deposit. So if it's £5,000, you need to put down £500 deposit for this car. 
So the car is yours. So I don't know if you know, when you get a car, you get something, uh, what's it called? It's called a, but you basically have to write this down, fill it out and let the person who currently owns the car to send it off. And then it comes back in your name to say that you own the car. So that's what happens when you do a personal contract purchase. So the car is yours for the duration of the lease. And again, you still have the agreed mileage amount. So even though even though it's yours, you still are in this lease agreement. So whatever the agreement says, you must abide by because you're in this lease agreement. But then once you reach the end of the financing agreement, you have one of two options that you can pick. So you can either say, you know what, I'm at the end of, let's say, a four-year period. And at the end of it, I don't want it. I paid it. I've done my, I've done what I need to do with the car. I don't want it. So you de- if, if that's the case, you give it back to the lease owners and they take the car back and you're done. Or you have the option to purchase the car. And if you want to purchase the car, you will have to make a final payment for the car to finally be yours, which is often known as a blue paint, a blue balloon payment. So you can come to the end of it and be like, it's been a four year run. It's been good. And I want that car. I'm keeping that car for another two years. That is going to be my car. So you go back to um, the, the lease owners and you tell them, you know what, this car's been great, lease is up and I want the car. So what they'll do is they'll they'll go and they'll be like, okay, cool, you want this car? And they'll find out how much the car is currently valued on the market, which is also known as a guaranteed future value, which they work out. And then they'll kind of come back to you with a price for that car. So obviously they'll take into account that you've been paying X amount, but if the value has gone up, then you may have to pay a bit more if it's kind of depreciated then they'll, they'll give you value it can between it can be between a couple of hundred to a couple of thousand pounds it all depends on what car you've gotten the model the make everything and what's currently valued in the market but again if you do not wish to purchase the car in the finance period you can give it back and basically take out another finance another lease if you want to when it comes to these things yeah so there's things that you need to, you need to know when it comes to personal contract hire or purchase. So there's a lot of things you kind of need to keep in mind with these two. So if you go over any kind of agreed mileage, you will be liable for that extra cost. If you agree 6,000 miles for the year and you go to 8,000, whatever that difference is, whatever they want to charge you, they can charge you whatever they want. It'll be in the contract, but they can charge you. And if you break that contract and go over, you'll be liable for those payments. So make sure you keep on top of your mileage, keep track of it, so you don't exceed those miles. If there's any damage done to your car, then you may face additional charges because like I said, for personal contract hire, the car isn't yours. So you need to make sure that the car is given back the same way you got it. So if it was given to you brand new and you bring it back with a dent in it, they'll say, "Mm -mm, you better go fix that because that's not the way they gave it to you. So you need to make sure that the car is in tip top condition, nothing wrong with it when you return it or give it back because then you may face extra charges. Also, because the car isn't yours and you have this agreement, you need to be very mindful. If you're trying to do trips, for example, if you say, you know, we're going to do a road trip to France, we're going to go to Amsterdam, whatever it is, you need to be mindful and find out before or during your contract whether or not the car can leave the UK. That's a big, big thing. You don't want to take it out of the UK and it's not part of your agreement because you can find yourself with extra charges being faced or even your lease being terminated because that wasn't part of the contract. So definitely make sure you look into it and know whether or not you can do that. Also, if you wish to change your mind part way and you want to end your financing early or cancel it, you have to have paid at least half of the value of the vehicle cost. So... For example, if I'm in a four-year lease agreement and my car's £5,000 and I, after year one, I may have paid back, let's say I pay back a £1,000 worth. And I say, you know what? I don't want this. I don't want it. 
I can't return the car without paying the difference. So if my car's worth £5,000, I need to make sure I pay at least 2500 At least 50% of the car value needs to have been paid in financing before I can decide to cancel it and return the car. So if I've only paid £1,000 and I want to cancel my lease agreement, I have to make up the difference, which will be £1,500 before I can return and cancel my lease agreement. So just be mindful of that. Like if you're taking out this lease, it's a very, very big burden. It's a very huge financial burden on yourself. So make sure that you are able to afford it because if anything goes wrong, you are still liable for those payments. You can't just say, oh, six months in, sorry, mate, I lost my job. You know, I can't afford this anymore. You have signed an agreement saying, I will make these payments every single month for however many months, that is it. So if you lose your job, you need to figure out a way to carry on making these payments. So there are different ways that you can kind of finance your car. Um, You can take out a personal loan to finance your car. It may not always be possible depending on your age, um, but a personal loan may be a good way because you need to kind of figure out how much interest are you going to be paying in this finance? Because believe it or not, that these these lease owners, they're not in it to be nice. They're not just saying, you know what, we'll just find out the value of the car and we'll divide it by however many months and just pay us no interest. There is going to be interest attached to your payments. So you need to figure out how much in percentage-wise am I paying interest and how much, if I, if I was eligible for a personal loan, so if a car I want is £5,000 and I can get £5,000 from the bank, the personal loan, how much interest would I be paying back to the bank? So for example, you may find, this is just all made up, but you may find, you know what, if I finance this car, which is £5,000, through this company, um, the, the, the dealers, they're saying that, you know, I can finance it, but the interest rate is 34.9%, which is quite hefty. If you work it out, you'll be paying back more than what the car's valued at the end of the four-year period. But if you're able to get a personal loan, you're eligible for it, and a personal loan is only 20%, there's a whole 14.9% difference. So you may think, you know what, let me take out a personal loan for the bank for that same period, the same four-year period, and I'd rather pay it back to the bank in monthly increments, but end up paying back less than paying it to the finance, you know, the, the dealers. So that's obviously something to consider. Not everyone's eligible for a bank loan. Not everyone's eligible for the amount that you want. But if you are, definitely have a look. Talk to your, your bank and see what you can do. See if you can get a personal loan to cover that, because that may be a good way to kind of do so. Um, but remember when it comes to a loan, the loan can be used for either the full value of the car or part of the car. So you can say, you know what, I'm going to put part of the, the finance in, um, you know, I'm going to use part of it with the loan and I'm going to do the other part. I'm going to finance the other part. So that may still bring down the cost. So if if you're only eligible for like, let's say a thousand pound personal loan, you can say, that's cool. I'll use a thousand pounds to knock off part of the car value and I'll pay the rest financing. So you still save yourself a bit of money, but all in all, you need to work out, like I said, the interest rates because the interest rate may actually be higher for a personal loan than it is to finance or vice versa. So you need to weigh up and do the maths and figure out what is going to be the cheaper option. But a good thing with personal loans is that the interest rate is fixed. So if it says that the interest rate is 20%, that is going to be what you're paying back for the four years. Whereas when it comes to financing, the interest rates that you pay back can vary. So one year can be 34.9%. And if they feel to increase it to 38%, they can do so because you signed a contract to say, yeah, that's fine. So you may want to, you may want to kind of consider what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Also, a very, very key thing to protect yourself when it comes to making such a big purchase like a car is to try and use a credit card. So for those of you who don't know, Credit cards give you an extra layer of protection. So 
if you have a car, even if you just use your credit card to pay, you need to pay a minimum £100 or up to £30,000. So if I say, you know what, my card, the card that I want is £5,000 and I'm going to put 100 of it, £100 of it on my credit card, you are now covered for the whole purchase. So if my car's £5,000 and I put £100 of it on my credit card and I pay 4900 of it in cash, I am now completely covered. My whole purchase, that whole car purchase is covered. So if anything were to go wrong and um, I go to my dealers and I say, you know what? Yeah, the car's not working. They say, oh, sorry. I can now go back to my credit card company and say, you know what? I went to my dealers. My car's not working within six months, whatever it is. And they aren't willing to help me. The credit card company are now jointly liable with the retailer, so the dealers, to rectify your problems, whatever it may be. So if the dealerships say no, the credit card company are jointly liable with them, so they must now figure out a way to rectify your problems. So that is always the best way when it comes to making such important purchases. Put it on a credit card, and that £100 rule, at least a minimum £100, applies for anything. So if, you, if you're going to buy a phone, and um, your phone's £700, if you put £100 of it on your credit card and pay the rest cash or whatever method, you're now covered for the whole purchase. So that's obviously something really, really good. Holidays is the same, if you pay 100 of it, with a credit card and the rest via another method, you're covered for the whole holiday. Whatever it is, that's a really, really important thing to remember and to take into account is to put part of it on a credit card. It's also good to have a 0% interest credit card if you're eligible for it, because obviously when you repay back that £100, £500, however amount you put onto that credit card, you then, if you're eligible for 0%, you then will pay no interest on top of that amount for whatever time period they give you, whether it's six months, a year, 24 months, 18 months, you pay 0% interest on top of that amount for that time period. So definitely have a look and see if you're eligible for one. And if you are, definitely go ahead and get one because they are so, so, so handy because interest, we don't want to pay that. If we can't, if we don't need to pay it, we're not paying it. So that's kind of like low down with regards to financing. So here are my kind of pros and cons when it comes to financing. Financing is great if, you know, you say, you know, I want a car um, and I, I really like to change my car often. I like to change my car often. I don't want to be tied down. So maybe I just want to finance this car so I can do that. And then at the end of, end of the finance, and I can give it back and get a new car. That's what I want to do. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be tied down. So I'm just going to chop and change as and when, and I'm going to do that. That's great. If you say, you know what, I'm going to finance this car um, just because it makes more financial sense for me. I just want to finance it. It just makes more sense. Then cool. Me personally, I'm all for paying for cars outright. Just because when it comes to financing, so a lot of people want to finance their cars as well because you're able to get a brand new car. So I can get, what will be 2020? I can get like a 19 plate, brand new, brand new car. No one sat in it before me and I can get it on finance and that's mine. It's a brand new car. But the moment, what people fail to realize is that the moment you get this brand new car, the moment you sit in it and you say, this is mine, the value drops. And often after three years, the value of the car is sliced in half it depreciates to 50% or whatever it's worth. So if the car, when you get it, on the day you get it, it's worth £10,000, three years time, so you haven't finished your financing yet, the, cow's, no, the, cow, the car is now worth £5,000. So that's definitely something to bear in mind. That's why I'm, I'm not really a big fan of doing that, especially if it's your first car. I don't think I really endorse financing as, as the method for your first car. The way I see it is your first car is kind of like your practice car. This is the car, maybe you get it just after you've passed. Maybe you passed two years ago and you want to get a car now because you can afford it or it makes more sense now. This is the car that you kind of get used to driving in. 
you, you know, you just passed or whatever the situation may be. You need to get back on the road, get used to the road, get used to driving on the motorway, drive, make doing long trips, whatever it is, you need to get used to driving. So typically people's first cars is about one, two years they have that car. Then after that, they upgrade to the car they want and they keep the car they want for four or five years. But when it comes to financing, especially, especially financing, if you're a young person who's still like working part-time or you're not too sure what's going to happen with regards to like your job, job security. If, so for example, I use myself. So I bought my car, right? If I were to lose my job tomorrow and I can't afford my car, I can sell my car because that is mine. When it comes to financing, if I was if I was to finance my car and I lose my, my job tomorrow, I'm still not liable for those payments every single month. So I now must find a way to to make that payment. I have to find it. I've signed a contract. I owe them that money. I've said, you know what? Lend me the value of this car for four years and I'll pay you back. I'm now liable for that. So I'm always very weary of that. And I always just say, you know what? If if you're saying, you know, what? I want to pay one of them monthly, whether that's insurance or car because the chances are if you're a new driver and you're kind of young insurance you're looking at you can be looking at up to like five thousand pounds for insurance i've seen some crazy numbers even for myself when i had a look when i first passed some ridiculous numbers so i'd recommend getting your car out right because the car is probably gonna be the cheaper part depending on you know your age and how much your insurance is your first car is probably gonna be the cheapest part you might get a car for like a thousand pounds and then your insurance might be four thousand which is ridiculous because you're a new driver but Buy it outright so that's yours. If it were to get written off, if you get into an accident, whatever it may be, you lose less if the car is valued less. So I definitely recommend doing that and just pay your insurance monthly. Obviously, if financing, if you've done your research and this is what you want to do and you're eligible for it and you say, you know what, I, I hear you, Kia, but this is what I want to do, then go ahead and do it. This is just my opinions. Weigh up the pros and cons for yourself. Figure out and see there's other methods that you can do in terms of paying it to kind of cut down the amount of interest that you repay um, and make it more financially viable for yourself. But definitely do your research around that and see what's going to best suit you. So that was my little roundup, leasing versus buying outright. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions, send them over to info at pennystopounds.co.uk. And as always, I'll be back again next week. Bye.